glad you could join us for episode 115 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Wayne as we continue our discussion of Joss Whedon's space western Firefly starring Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk. And, you know, Wayne, I was thinking about summer. Obviously, we're off work, but... You know, summer was that time when I got to do my rewatches of my sci-fi shows because summer TV used to be a wasteland, but no more. True. Uh, in fact, just as short as maybe two, three years ago, I think, um, we, we actually talked about this, how, oh, it's, it's summertime. There's, nothing's really going to be on. Go back, rewatch. You know, you would talk about doing the X-Files again. I think the, the one summer I watched all of Supernatural. That's just not possible anymore. Yeah, but I guess that's good. That is good because I think some of the shows that are coming out now are probably some of the better ones uh, genre-wise this year, right? Yeah. I mean, now I gave up on Under the Dome, but obviously a lot of people really like it and and really think that it's moved in a a good direction. Is that show still around? It is. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Obviously, you didn't think much of it either. (laughs) Uh, I think I watched the first season, but then... Uh, man, I watched about three minutes of season two and I was like, I'm done. Well, anyway, um, obviously Falling Skies season five, which is the final season, came back. And, you know, certainly that's a show that I, I really liked. I, I, I binge watched it at the beginning because I was a season or two behind. Season four was okay, and season five, the, the first episode got off to a good start. I'm not sure it's uh, an A yet, but Okay, you're getting spoiler close here. Okay, so. and that's all I'm going to say. Out there. That's Back all I'm going to say. Man. Uh, but then the other show that's really been getting a lot of presence on the internet is the show called Humans, which is basically about synthetic robots, if you will, uh, that, that are now part of everyday life. And again, I'll leave it at that. The pilot I thought was really, really good. I, I was ready to not be sold on it but i'm definitely sold i love where they where they're taking it and again 13 episodes hopefully uh well that you know it's an amc show too so i mean they that's kind of starting to become a little bit of a sign of quality as far as as television is concerned right yeah yeah so uh, i know you dvr'd it so you'll definitely right. I, I think you'll love it uh you know i've i've really gotten behind on the sci-fi shows just because i started watching house of cards and now i'm just kind of binging through that so i'm into season three uh so i got like 11 episodes left and then i'm gonna do my catching up and all my sci-fi and i'll be able to contribute more to this conversation hopefully next week yeah damn you netflix and you may also like Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right well anyway yeah. we'd love to hear from you about uh you know any of these new shows you're watching you can shoot us an email at sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com or at the website where you can leave a voicemail via the speak pipe tab you can record your own audio clip and send it our way or just send us a tweet at sci-fi tv rewatch and we'd encourage you to consider joining the facebook group join the discussions there and again you know no matter what you're watching we love to hear about it uh because I, i'm pretty sure we all like basically the same kinds of shows yeah it's that uh, facebook group is really i uh, like enjoy participating in that a lot yeah and, and we got an email i think it was from peter or not an email rather just a a, a private message yeah we're sci-fi tv rewatch but you know as long as it's sci-fi related hey throw it up there i mean even if it's science related that that has something to do with the stuff we love look you you guys know what what interests all of us so feel free and you know like i should put up the 
picture of uh, got to walk through a big giant heart at the uh, Franklin Institute this week. Hey, so. go, go for it. And uh, I saw <laughs> that unusual turtle you put up there as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, in tonight's Firefly news, uh, we'll take a look at featured actor Alan Tudyk, who plays Wash. And I guess I didn't realize this. He's a big voice actor. Yeah. Yeah, he's. I, I see him in a lot of like, especially like Pixar, Disney stuff. Yeah, uh, uh, currently Star versus the Forces of Evil. Uh, he even does video games. One of the more prominent ones, Call of Duty: Advanced Warfare. Oh yeah. Now he was a series regular on a comedy called Suburgatory, which ran from 2011 to 2014. He's a series regular on Newsreaders, which is apparently a parody of TV news. And it looks like he's one of the uh, talking heads in that. And then I think we may have mentioned this maybe six months or so ago, but he's in the pre-production phase of a TV show called con man with Nathan Fillion. And, you know, they did one of these Kickstarter campaigns, although I'm not sure why with the salary Nathan Fillion's making from castle. Uh, But the, it's a genre cast of many. So if you go to IMDB, I mean, there's no spoilers or anything like that. Oh my gosh, Amy Acker, uh, uh, Jewel State, just it, the list goes on and on of who's there. Now, again, what level of commitment they have, I don't know. What's it called again? Con Man? Con Man. Yeah, if you go to YouTube, they've got a couple of videos up there. He's also completed a movie called Oddball for a September 15th release, and it's the story of Alan Swampy Marsh and his Marima dog Oddball. Swampy convinced local authorities to allow Oddball to protect a colony of little penguins on Middle Island from wild cats and dogs. Oddball succeeds in his campaign and becomes a front runner for Marima dogs being used to protect other endangered Australian wildlife. It's an Australian film, and it certainly sounds like it's geared towards kids, but got that September 15th. He's also completed a film called Trumbo, which is slated for a January 2016 release, and this is the successful career of Hollywood screenwriter Dalton Trumbo comes to an end when he's blacklisted in the 1940s for being a communist. Brian Cranston plays Trumbo. Uh, it also features John Goodman and Diane Lane. And uh, I don't know if you remember this, if you were teaching yet, but Trumbo's book, Johnny Got His Gun, was used quite a bit in the 80s and early 90s in a lot of high schools. It was certainly an anti-war novel. Yeah, isn't that they made a movie from that? Right? They did, although I think it was pretty dreadful. Right, but that movie, then uh, Metallica used clips from that movie. Oh, in you're their right. Video for one, which was like really. I remember in college that video came out, and we were just so freaked out by the video. But but that brought a lot. Of, you know, that I remember that went to the, about the the book and everything that went with it yeah so. the book is really dark i i never really could bring myself to teaching it i mean there were other all quiet on the western front certainly another anti-war novel but we are here to talk about firefly episode five safe and the writer and director have a lot a significant amount of genre tv credibility written by drew z greenberg who did five i'm sorry six episodes of buffy three of Smallville, eight of Warehouse 13, did six of Arrow, and even got uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, directed by Michael Grossman, Buffy, Angel, Star Trek Enterprise, and Earth 2. And this one aired November 8, 2002. 
Any thoughts on the title? I guess first of all, safe. There, there's obviously there's people in jeopardy. Well, almost every week on the show or every every episode, right? And you know, book is in mortal danger. Simon and River all in mortal danger. Uh, but in the end, they're all saved by serenity yeah yeah i mean yeah and i certainly thought those things as well and and i guess i looked at the storylines that i mean certainly in this one we get a lot of insight into river and simon's upbringing and the relationship they have with each other and to a certain extent with their parents and then the other story we see a lot of insight into captain reynolds concept of home family and religion certainly home and family you know those things that are supposed to keep you safe because really the story about delivering the cattle is is really just tertiary yeah it's uh it's pretty much a setup you know like once there's like that quick gunfight and then that's really it for that whole story period yeah now now we haven't had any flashbacks have we since the battle of serenity in in episode one Uh, that i can think of uh, i don't think so yeah well yeah. well we get several here and the opening scene we flash back to the tam estate and obviously that's all you need to know there the word estate right and we see river and simon as children did you recognize the actor playing simon you know he zach efron oh yeah. wow yeah so huh. so he's studying while River has concocted this scenario where their platoon is cut off by the independents and they're going to have to resort to cannibalism if they're going to survive. And, you know, it, it, even though she's bothering him, it's clear they've got a wonderfully close relationship. And, and she gets to the point where she tells him that his textbook contains incorrect information, which I don't know if that's what leads him to put the book away and kind of engage in her fantasy, but, but he does it nonetheless. Yeah, well, and that's just River. She just kind of glances at the book, like, "Oh, that's wrong." He's like, "No, that's the textbook." She's like, "Well, the, the textbook's wrong, right?" And and uh, goes on to explain why. Yeah, and her fantasy also includes dinosaurs attacking. Hey, gotta like dinosaur attacks, right? But then their father comes into the room. And- well, but they're attacking independence, right? Like, right? Like the independence are like. The baddies, right? Well, see, I'm not clear on that. The indep- I, I thought the independents would be the brown coats. Yeah. Okay, right. So, so, but, well, you said the, the baddies, I mean. Right, because they're. Oh, if, from, in their perspective, exactly. In, from their perspective. Correct, yeah. right, right, right. Uh, so their dad comes in the room, mildly chastises Simon for a, you know, I'm going to call it a text. I forget exactly what word they used, but the, essentially he sends his father a text that interrupts him at work. Uh, but the upshot is that Simon wants a state-of-the-art computer so he can access their form of the internet. And Dad's opposed because he's afraid of what he might encounter out there on the internet. Yeah. And it's it's funny because, I mean, well, when this was made, obviously the internet was all around everything. and But, uh, you know, you see it dealing with those kind of ethical issues about the internet that, uh, you know, obviously we still grapple with now, that freedom versus exposure. Yeah, no question. And what I liked then was the father follows it up when he when he's like, there's no way you're getting it in my house. But apparently this is not my house because your mother ordered you one. And, <laughs> yeah. and he seems okay that with happens. it. 
And, and you know, it, it's on the one hand, I wasn't sure what kind of relationship we were going to see here. Is it the situation where the father forces him to become a doctor? Well, he makes them that little deal, but they both seem like to have a really warm relationship. Sure. And it appears that Simon's already kind of headed down that path because when his dad says, I want you to become a great doctor, you know, like he kind of like smiles and, you know, that's like, he's not like, but dad, I want to be a rock star or something. (laughs) Like he, this looks like he's on board with this plan already. Yeah, no question. And we have to wonder though, is Simon the favored child? And I'd say probably no, because he certainly acknowledges that both of his children are geniuses. And, you know, at this point, River seems like a perfectly normal, precocious, you know, young preteen. Yeah. And as you said, like, it seems like a very close-knit, happy family. Fairly privileged existence, obviously. Isolated from maybe kind of the, you know, what we see as kind of the realities of the universe out there in the, the fringes. But still, uh, happy kids, happy family. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's a nice scene. Yeah. And then, uh, again, I love, I know I said this a lot about The Last Dark Angel that we talked about, but I really enjoyed the editing in this one because it immediately cuts to River reacting violently to the thought that Simon's going to subject her to more tests. She even talks about something needles in her eyes. Well, I find mm-hmm. it hard to believe he's actually, although you never know, I guess. Right. But I think she's just kind of, flashing back to where she was before yeah and what they did to her um well mal comes in tells him you know you need to quiet her down she's going to spook the cattle and and we finally get some gorum insight into river it's about time (laughs) (laughs) yep there's a morbid and creepifying i got no problem (laughs) i love that she does it quietly (laughs) i love that line exactly (laughs) all right so serenity lands in a field and there are these poor looking guys skinning a rabbit and you know they mentioned that okay a ship that big you know they're here to deliver something and let's you know if if it's something we want we're going to take it and we which we think is the cows right yeah so when well first of all i gotta say did you ever see roger and me uh no okay i'm not a big michael Uh, moore fan right But in Roger and Me, you know, he's kind of showing the how this factory closing down has affected Flint, Michigan, and uh, one of the residents there has started a new business of uh, selling rabbit hides. And so, as she's, as Michael Moore is talking to her on camera, she just kind of picks up a rabbit, hangs it up in a tree, kills it, and skins it like right there in front of him. Every time I see, it, I just think about that scene from roger and me so yeah and this one was pretty gruesome as well i mean i don't know yeah it it was it was just like you know it was it was the same thing except i i imagine that wasn't a real rabbit that they're using and in roger and me she picks up a living rabbit and in you know about a minute turns it into a dead skinned rabbit like as the camera's running so that buffer of fiction did not exist (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we said that this episode provides a lot of insight into River and, you know, we're now on the planet. I, I don't, it's not clear to me whether the crew actually set up that temporary pen or if the pen was already there. You know, I, uh, yeah, I always kind of assume that they did, but you're right. Like, do they just have a pen sitting in the, well, maybe they took one. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But uh, who knows? E- either way, Mal's preparing to consummate the deal, and he overhears River talking to the cattle, and she mentions that on the ship they weren't cattle. Uh, 
But now that they see the open sky, they remember what they are. And I love uh, Malcolm's uh, reply. Is it bad that what she's saying makes sense? Right. (laughs) Yeah, you get it. And it actually kind of the reverse is true for him, right? Like he's kind of awkward when he's on a planet. It's he's more comfortable when he's up in his spaceship. Right. And, And obviously she does have a way of complicating things. And that's why Mal wants Simon to take her for a walk while he does the deal. But obviously then Simon's afraid he's going to ditch him here. I I don't know. I mean, you can kind of see how he'd have that bit of paranoia, but also the other hand, I mean, I assume that they've had plenty of opportunities to ditch him at this point. Right. Uh, And and if they haven't seen the kind of man Malcolm Reynolds is at this point, um, uh, that surprises me a little bit. But again, like you said, that, that, they are fugitives from the Alliance, and you know there is a big price on their head. So ironically, though, he does end up leaving them, although it, it, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Right. All right. I love the, the scene in the shop. You know, Inara and Kaylee <laughs> yeah. looking at little knickknacks, and, and Kaylee points out uh, a carved duck <laughs> that she claims is a swan. Right. I'm pretty sure it's a duck, right? It looked like a duck, yes, definitely. But, uh, well, you know, I mean, Kaylee is, is unrefined, right? And, you know, things like this, I wouldn't say impress her, but she likes, you know? Like, she's the person who goes into, like, a, a kind of a cheesy knickknack shop and actually, you know, buys something. Right, but, you know, Inara, who's the educated one, doesn't now i guess you could argue she doesn't call her out that no way it's it's a swan because she says something about when you've only seen them in pictures it's hard so whether she thinks it's a duck as well or or thinks it's a swan as well who knows i guess that's not that important but she holds up that ornate plate and asks inara if she thinks it would be a nice gift inara immediately knows oh it's for simon isn't it and she probably also knows that and probably not such you know like giving the person a plate is it, you know i mean it's just like this this is kaylee all over you know yeah like it's just how she thinks everything is is you know she's always got this positive outlook on everything and so she gets really excited about things that other people don't you know because she just she's that type of person she's an upbeat positive person um and so she sees something that's like, oh, this is really nice. I like this. It's pretty. This, you know. And so she thinks other people would think the same thing. Um, whereas obviously Simon comes in as like, it's cheap. Yeah, they're asking money for this crap. Yeah. Which which then begs the question of Inara's eye, or was she just being nice when she told Kaylee that, uh, you know, it was nice, but. Simon's forced to follow River around the shop as if she were a child uh, and afraid that she's going to break something. But Kaylee points out that it's nice he can get out and have some fun. Fun? You know, and then he starts denigrating everything Yeah, and, and quickly pretty much tries her patience to the point she tells him, you're just being mean. And then when she says, if you don't think much of this life, then you can't think much of them that chooses it. And God, I mean, it just hurt her to the core. Sure. But, and she finds a way of like, kind of like with the last episode with Malcolm when, and he insulted her too, you know, when she gets upset because, you know, you're being insensitive, uh, she lets you know it, you know, she doesn't just take it. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he really is. I mean, it's almost, and this will come up later, but it's almost as if, I guess the way he was raised, perhaps being insulated in so many levels that does he just not have people skills? I mean, Oh, no doubt. And that's what we said before with the, the kids, they're, they're insulated right there. They're, they don't know what's out there. Um, he sees the post hole diggers. He doesn't know what they are. Right. You know, it's like, here's a guy who's probably really never had to do anything, his own work really ever, you know, except for, you know, like, I mean, like academic work or stuff to become a doctor, obviously. I'm not saying that's not work. Like, he doesn't even know what postal diggers are. He has no clue. Yeah, now, part of that is probably it is the future and it is space and all that stuff. And maybe they don't have the need for fences in, in his world. But um, you know, still that privileged existence, that isolated existence is evident here. And, and you're right. He really doesn't have the ability to read other people very well. Right. And, I mean, it's easy to despise him for his attitude. but Very easy. But we've at this point, we've only touched on events in his life you know, have brought him to this point. Uh, obviously, Inara doesn't think much of what he did and, and follows Kaylee out after giving him the the look. Yeah, the friend look. Yeah, man. but you know, I guess we have to look at the the big picture that caring for his sister is enough to negatively impact anybody's personality. Not to mention that he's on the run from the alliance. Not to mention that he he has a brilliant mind that's, I guess, maybe in his perspective is not being used and it's not out of the realm of possibility that he's just always been a loner and you know now is forced to be part of a group in close quarters right well and even mal admits later that simon might be a lot of things but a coward he's not yeah we have seen that he is brave and but uh we've also seen his a lot of his arrogance and so at this point in the series, you're you're still not not necessarily big Simon Tam fans. No, no. But yet, you're absolutely right. Like there, he's there's a lot he's doing, and we see a lot in this episode of him, and especially his relationship with his sister. And we start to. Th- I think this episode goes a long way towards. I, I'm trying to remember when I first watched it. I remember right from the start, really being put off by Simon. And not liking him, but after this episode, you start to really kind of uh, feel for him more, right? Because we do get a look into what led him to this point. Uh, but Inara and Kaylee have left the shop. He turns around, and River's gone now, and and he obviously freaks out. And he gets out into the street. There's a group of lawmen leaving their building. They walk right towards him, and of course, he's clearly worried that they're after him. But they pass right by. And then we cut to the crew negotiating with the buyers of the cattle and, and, you know, they're doing their little dance. Uh, okay. They're 30 ahead. Nah, they look pretty scrawny. And, you know, obviously like Mal says, all right, in one minute, we're going to agree on 25. Right. Um, but just as they're ready to, well, actually I think the guy did give Mal the money, the marshals arrive. And again, we're not sure who they're there for, but it's pretty clear quickly that they're there for the guys that are buying the cattle and one of them's been accused of murder and then right i always ha- love how mal is always surprised when the law shows up for somebody else you know like like kind of like from the pilot too and like he realizes the guy's there for for simon and not for him though he does say you know i'm starting to find this whole planet very uninviting yeah 
Um, well, then we go back to Simon, and you know he's really in a panic, and it's dark, these shadowy rooms, and then suddenly he finds himself in this brightly sunlit field. I guess it's a wedding, right? Yeah, I'm some kind of maypole celebration type thing. So I, I, I'm not sure you I, you would call it a wedding, but I, it, it might be. Okay, well. We immediately notice there's a festive gathering. There you go. Well, we immediately notice River, and she's intently watching the dancers, and then she just jumps right in, having learned the dance, and happier than we've ever seen her. Simon obviously seems relieved, and you know th- this led me to think, and I uh, I posted in one of the Firefly groups that I'm a member of, and I'll I'll certainly post this on the website, but. If you don't know, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners do know, that Summer Glau is a classically trained dancer, and it brought back memories of her dancing in the Sarah Connor Chronicles. I don't know if you remember that episode. Yes. Well, you know what? It's funny because I when you when you said the dance scene in Sarah Connor Chronicles, I was like, what dance scene is that? And then I remember, oh, the, the episode when she's uh, training in ballet, yes. right? Yes, yes. And I was like, oh, okay, because I, I did watch that uh, that clip you put up there of her um, rehearsing for that that scene. But she, yeah, she's a great dancer, man. Like, I mean, not that I really would know necessarily good dancing from bad dancing, apart from if you're not tripping over yourself or falling down, that's bad dancing. But <laughs> no, I, I hear um, you. I'm the same. But she really communi- But see, I think the thing about dance is you communicate emotions through dance, right? Yeah. And when and you got you nailed it in the head right there that just ecstasy that joy that she communicates through this dance with these people it's it's intense it's really a a, a beautiful scene and she, you know she does it all without one word of dialogue she just you know and she starts even doing like highland flings and kicking up her legs and twirling and all this stuff see there you know more about dance than you're leading letting on right <laughs> um well as the situation begins to deteriorate with Mao and the illegal cattle, Zoe covers them from a ridge and he and Jane are able to recover their weapons. It never goes smooth. How come it never goes smooth? <laughs> but I, yeah. I loved how this scene was then counterpointed against River dancing at the wedding as the wedding music, and I'll call it, keep calling it a wedding, as, as the dance music overlays both scenes. When suddenly Mal realizes that Book has been shot, and at that same moment, River just stops dancing, apparently sensing something's wrong, and that's kind of our first look inside one of her abilities. Right, but that's also when Simon gets grabbed, too. Yeah. So it's like all these things kind of happening at the same time. But yeah, that's uh, that's how they intercut and edited that. It was awesome because this you know complete chaos of this fight and then they intercut it with the dance, which if we were just watching the dance by itself, we'd probably think, oh, what a nice dance. It's beautiful. But the music speeds up and it, it, you shoot her from a lower angle. And so we know that River is a walking time bomb as it is. Um, I would think the first time I saw this, I was half expecting her to collapse or to you know just go nuts in some way. Uh, but really, the, the scene quickly moves from this nice kind of pastoral dance into this very intense concerned uh scene and then like you said book is shot and then simon has a bag put over his head so then we're into total darkness all right so mal calls for a stretcher 
and Jane asks whether he got the money, and Mal shoots him the death stare. Yeah. And again, it tells us everything we need to know about Malcolm Reynolds. Sure, and a lot about Jane as well. Right, and and just reinforces that he considers his crew more important than anything, including money at this point. Well, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, they get booked back to surrender. Well, he did get the money, though. He did get the money. That that's that is a thing. Uh, <laughs> they get booked back to Serenity into the infirmary, but at this point, Simon's been grabbed and he's right. down on the planet. Mal and Zoe have to try to save him, and it almost seems as if this is the first time Kaylee has seen somebody shot. Yeah, not herself. Well, right, right, true. All right, Mal sends Wash to town to find Simon, but but he pretty quickly determines, as he mentions to Kaylee, it's a small town, trust me, I looked, that it's yeah. more likely than not that he got snatched, and more than likely he got snatched because he's a doctor. We figure, we know he's been taken by the rabbit skinners, and he pleads with them about River, and they just knock him out. A lot of people get knocked out in this show. Yeah, it's a violent show. All right. Well, we, uh, we talked a lot about their parents, so we go to a flashback again, and Mrs. Tam is trying to reassure Simon that River's fine, though he's trying to convince them he knows she's not by this letter he's got. Right, and he's making compelling points, and it would appear, because we know that River's in a bad place, and we know that she needs help. So our natural inclination here would be to see the parents in a harsh light, like they are cold-hearted, they don't care about their daughter, they care more about their appearances than daughter than their daughter. But if you really think about it, you know, why would they think that she's in trouble? You know, they for to their minds they sent her to this great school and she's receiving a top-notch education and everything and so, you know, with Simon's arguments, not that they're ignoring them, but they, they can't even go there because it's like not something they could even imagine happening, right? Right. Well, they trust the Alliance. Uh, their status depends on the Alliance, and they're certainly happy with their status. Absolutely. And that, so when Simon says, who cares about my future, the parents are like shocked, right? Yeah. Like, wait, you know, of course you're concerned about your future. But- he knows his sister well, and, and he's a. That's why she's sending him the code. Why she's sending him the code, and not her parents, right? Because her parents would overlook it. They they wouldn't even think about it. But she knows that Simon will, you know, go after it. Simon will figure it out. Simon will do something. Well, he even asks them, "Did you even read the letter?" Well, right. we scanned it. Uh, but that. Right. But then the mother says something like, "Nothing's going to keep you two apart for long." And obviously that's prophetic, although not, I guess, in the way that the mother meant it. Right, because the next scene, she finds uh, Simon being dragged to, you know, the hill country, whatever. Right. Found you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so Wash returns empty-handed and, and, you know, mentions they were likely snatched by the hill folk. And then Mal tells Wash to get them in the air and... I guess we have to wonder at this point, is he really going to abandon them? Yeah, kind of looks like it. It does. And, you know, River utters that thing lost in the woods and both of them see Serenity flying off. And obviously we know what Simon's thinking and I I guess it's not clear what River's thinking at this point. Yeah, well, obviously it's totally not clear what River's thinking. But this just confirms what 
Simon already suspected, as you said before. Oh, they, you know, they we're going to ditch us, and here they're going and done it. Yep. All right. Well, book is conscious, still in bad shape. Zoe's trying to tend to his wound, but you know, hey, she's all she's got is some battlefield training, uh, usually enough to keep somebody alive until the real medics can take over. Uh, meanwhile, Mal and Wash are trying to figure out the closest medical facility when Anara appears on the bridge telling him that he knows where to get help. And I guess I figured she meant go back for Simon, but clearly that's not it at all. Yeah, I can't remember what I thought when I f- first uh, saw this. I, I was trying to remember because that's what I'm like going back. What did I think the first time? Because that, that's probably the most likely thing. You would think, well, go back and get Simon. Well, the problem is they don't know where Simon is, though, right? Right, but it's a small so, town. And they need, they need some, but yeah, but they're not in the town. They're, they could be anywhere, basically, right? Yeah. So where time is of the essence here, I mean, that's why he left, because he knows they don't have time to go looking for Simon. You know, Book needs help right now. So he's thinking of not anywhere that's not associated with the Alliance, right? The, like these worlds around and they realize that none of them are close enough probably for them to get booked there in time and and i was like well you know what you need to do and it turns out that she means you know you need to find the closest alliance uh ship and get there right well you know and it's easy to you know develop a certain mindset about the hill folk that snatch both of them but then when they're taken into the town and we see these people who are clearly dirt poor and they're so excited that they've brought a doctor and it's almost as if Simon immediately senses that they really do need his help. And it, and it kind of changes our perspective. I mean, we don't forget that they kidnapped them, but yeah, well you see that they, you know, they, they obviously need help. And, and so there is some sympathy that sympathy is eroded later, but at this point, yeah, we're totally like, these people are are really poor they do need his help and even the the girl like he's kind of like a nurse says you know do you ever think about this is where you're supposed to be well right and that whole question of fate gets brought up a lot in 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 this episode and also in the show in general uh and and then i like you know after she gives him the rundown medically of the town he literally and figuratively rolls up his sleeves to get to work Right. Which then cuts into the comic relief, Jane going through Simon's suitcases, <laughs> right. taking what he wants. Uh, I, I loved when he first opens the book, you know, dear journal, uh, you know, my sister's crazy and I'm, you know, I forget what he said. <laughs> yeah. And then Kaylee tells Zoe, we left them back there. It don't seem right. And, you know, now is when we figure out what it is that Inara is suggesting when Serenity asks permission to dock with the Alliance cruiser Magellan. And that didn't exactly go, I think, as any of us thought it would. You didn't think that they would show up in the Alliance what well, place? Well, I, I mean, certainly that. But then I guess once they the Alliance boarded them, I guess I just generally assumed that they would tend to Shepherd Book. Right. But clearly, you know, hey, we're not a uh, emergency room. Denied. And, you know, Shepard's like, you know, check my eye dent. And again, one of the great mysteries of this episode is what the heck was on that ID card? Well, that turns into a mystery of the the whole show, right? That 
I don't think that ever gets answered, does well, it? I can't remember. Remember, I've only seen them all once, and, yeah, and it's been a couple years. I, I don't me. think. I don't. Th- I don't think even in the movie, I might be wrong. Okay. Well, I probably am, but I don't. Uh, the more I think about, it, I'm like I, I can't recall that 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 question ever being answered. Right now, now you know we've been talking about religion, particularly as it applies to Malcolm, and you mentioned woman telling Simon that you know it's fate that brought you here, and she again mentions also God has brought Simon to them and he replies no it was the men that kidnapped us that brought us here sounding very like Malcolm Reynolds with that right yeah yeah well you know and and the question is obviously we always have that that age-old conflict of science versus religion and you know it takes us back to lost you know man of faith man of science with with Jack and uh John Uh, Locke Locked, right. Um, it's like, wow, that, right. so, it took you an uncomfortably long time to come up with that. Uh, it's time for a, a lost rewatch, uh, Dave. I uh, know. Uh, so, so we wonder what Simon's opinion on religion and God, uh, we, we don't find it out right now, but, but he does have to acknowledge the question about where home is for him and River, right? Because she mentions something about, you know, you guys can have a home here, and and one of the things I think this episode does address is what it means to have a home and a family and all of that. But a home isn't a place where someone steals you and, and makes you stay, you know, like that's a prison, not a home. Exactly. And uh, so Rivers bonded with this girl who became mute two years earlier. You know, then, then we cut to a later part of the scene and, and she returns having picked a bowl of cherries. And to be honest, I thought they were going to turn out to be poisonous, but it was even better when she, after Simon eats a few and she tells him, well, they're poisonous. <laughs> he spits them out and right, she laughs. Right, exactly. So that, oh, all right, good sense of humor. So, yeah, again, and that's that little glimpse of the girl, right, of River that we saw dancing. Uh, so she's, you know, there's someone in there who's beyond just the person who's freaking out and, uh, throwing things around right but it what what was so great about it is it then leads directly into the part of the scene when it gets really serious and when she tells him that she knows she's responsible for him leaving behind his life i know i did you don't think i do you gave up everything you had to find me and you found me broken you know, really poignant yeah absolutely and, and again it's you know we kind of see get there are some snatches of, of rationality with River, of awareness. It's just this really, this very close bond that we saw. Actually, when you really think about it, the very first time we saw River, uh, when she was taken out of her refrigerator thing on Serenity, uh, Simon runs over and grabs her. And at this point, we don't know what is this. Is she some kind of slave? Is she you know, uh, an android? You know, yeah, right. Um, and the way he holds her says, she, it's my sister. We right away get that really close, deep bond that these two have. You know, it's just kind of one of the unshakable things of the show, right? This, this, uh, what he will do absolutely anything and everything for her. Right. And, and you start to get some perspective about maybe why he is the way he is. I mean, it's a combination of things, but, but we do have a little bit of empathy for him and we're able to overlook some of his callous things that he says to people. Right. But really though, what was telling, she then follows it up 
by saying, we won't be here long. Daddy will come and take us home. Right. Now. Except. Well, but here's my question. When she says, uh, daddy's going to come and take us home, I think she means Malcolm. Yeah. Well, maybe not realize. I don't know. Well, again, because we're getting privy to that ability that she has to read minds, if you will, uh, you know, sense things from a distance. Perhaps she just knows instinctively. But either way, see, I I don't think she thinks daddy, her real father, is going to come get her. I mean, I think she probably is aware, like Simon is. No, no. We've been cut off. We made our choice. He's not coming. Yeah. But honestly, who knows what she knows or doesn't know, you know? Well, and she even follows that up by saying that that she knows that some of the images in her head are real and some aren't. Right. So, um, so but either way, what she actually meant, I mean, what it actually ends up meaning is you're absolutely right. Like Malcolm is the dad. Malcolm is the father and he's going to be the one to come back and save them. Uh, because her real dad is not coming at all. He, you know, right after that, they, they, there's a flashback to him bailing Simon out of jail uh, because he was in what a blackout zone, right? Uh, trying to find out information about River, and the father basically says, "If this happens again, I'm not going to come and get you." Yeah, and and look at how that relationship between father and children has evolved over the course of this episode or devolved or devolved yeah yeah right but it's almost when i was watching this again i thought about this because you're absolutely right we see the young simon very close this happy family scene and now the dad going bailing the kid out of jail but you know he's gotten older right yeah like you know, it's kind of like the way of things that you get to a certain age and all of a sudden you're in conflict with your dad way more than you were when you were a little kid. And you, you to become your own man, you have to kind of like break away from your, your old man. Yeah, no question. Perhaps the biggest turning point in the episode, River reveals that she knows why Ruby won't speak. And when she outlines the events that, that led her to lose her voice, the woman says she's right and praises River for getting Ruby to speak. And then River says, well, she didn't speak. And now she's branded River a witch. And obviously these hill folk, they know what they do to witches. Yes, they uh, weigh them against ducks. Yes. I, I, I love, you know, so they've got them out in the street in the middle of the night. We, we certainly don't like where this is headed. The leader asks her if she knows who he is and you know she says yeah you're you're in charge and then she details basically how he murdered his way to power right burn the witch all right well we're back yeah it's it's uh well you know they got all medieval on her ass right um that like i said before at first we sympathize with these people but now that they at the you know drop of a hat go from being oh we need help to murderous mob and you know and like you said the leader who killed the previous leader now we have almost no sympathy at all for them all right so we're back on serenity book is recovering malcolm wants to know why the alliance was so eager to help and book mentions that well everybody loves a man of god (laughs) mal shoots back they don't (laughs) god makes men feel guilty says, well, maybe someday I'll tell you the truth. 
And then he says, it's good to be home. And, and it goes back like to me, the title safe. And I think river says, daddy's going to come and take us home. This whole idea of safe equals home. Right. Absolutely. And that's what we kind of said in the beginning that, yeah, that, that serenity is makes them safe or they're safe when they're here. Uh, and they're safe with their, what is now, you know, we can, you know, no point in denying it. This is a, a family that has um, formed here. Yeah, and and it's interesting to see how the different members of the family react to different situations because you know now they need to get Badger his share. And Jane mentions that it was a lot simpler without the Fugees. And I was surprised that Zoe appe- appears to agree yeah, with him. Zoe agreed. Yeah, I know. Um, and but but Zoe's, you know, she's not heartless and she's more pragmatic heartless you're right she's she's very pragmatic and and she has to admit you yeah you're you're kind of right there yep so that cuts to river being tied to the stake simon offering his life for hers but as the leader contends god demands the witch be burned and simon even tries to fight yeah he tries to take on the whole town yeah and then um finally he puts his arms around her and tells him to light it. And I'm like, I'm getting goosebumps even now thinking about that scene. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very intense scene for sure. And then she responds, time to go. And you're thinking like, time to die? Yeah. But no. Well, I I know. The first time I was watching this, I'm like. Well, yeah, well no, they're, we know they're not going to burn it. But I mean, is, does yeah. she think that it's time to die? But then, of course. Ser- no, but I think it's what you said before where she knows that. Serenity is on its way. to it. Yeah. Yep. Jane descends attached to a wire with a big gun. Mal and Zoe are already on the ground and they tell him to cut her down. It's like, we can't cut her down. She's a witch. Yeah, but she's our witch. Yeah, I like that one. (laughs) There were a lot of great, I mean, there usually Uh, are a lot of great lines, but to me, it just seemed like there were even more in this episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, and that's just, they they come through there and they're, you know, I like the, uh, I didn't write down the line he said, but, you know, he points out to the the people. You see that guy with the gun up there? Yeah, he really didn't want to come back here, and uh, he's kind of in the mood to kill somebody. Yeah. So, all right. So we get back. Closing scene. We're on Serenity. Jane trying not too subtly to return the things that he took from Simon. <laughs> he's just <laughs> dumping it in the room. And, and it's like uh, Simon. I, I guess he is aware of what happened, and he. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah, exactly. What's the point? Because they all have to coexist, and he did return it, right? Yeah. Like, yep. That's hilarious. Uh, but then I, the way this episode comes to a close, Simon confronts Malcolm about why he returned for them. And he's twice told the same thing. You're on my crew. Why are we still talking about this? Yeah, and, that, and that's the the basis of this whole thing. We've been saying it since basically the the first episode that, First and foremost, is what is important to Malcolm Reynolds is that you know the people that under his protection, his crew that that they're taken care of. Right. And what do you do best to bring a family together? You eat and meal and yeah. exactly, and the crew's together for dinner. Everybody's in great spirits. Uh, I started to notice, and and again, I thought, no, now I'm I'm going a little too deep into the episode i started looking at the seating arrangements <laughs> like nah don't don't it's kind of like da vinci's last supper or yeah but I, I did notice that kaylee and simon were sitting next to each other right well he gets he pulls the chair out right, for right him. exactly right 
So, I mean, obviously. Um, and that summer's summer and that river is not <laughs> next to him. She's. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah. So, well, I, you know, a episode all the way. Yeah. No question about it. And I guess a lot of people would argue they're all a episodes. Uh, you know, I'm not sure that's true, but this was really, really strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for no other reason than how much is revealed about some of these characters, right? And and not just reveals, but how we start to understand and, and empathize with some of these characters, uh, in this case, most notably uh, River and Simon. Yeah. Yeah, who are the newest on the ship. I mean, I guess they came on the same time Shepard Book came on, but... Yeah, and I think as far as, as getting really into characters like this and um, the the war war stories, which is my personally my favorite episode, um, are kind of like probably more than any others, really. You know, we, we not just learn something about a character, but really, be, you know, come to feel for them. Yeah, yeah, no question. And it's funny. One of again, I wish I could remember the name. You know, the, I think it's called Joss Whedon's Firefly, the Facebook group that we're probably both members of. But yes. Somebody posted, you know, which is your favorite episode to rewatch? So I, I guess in a sense they're just saying which is your favorite episode, uh, right? So anyway, uh, anything else? I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. Real a good one. All right. Yeah. All right, well, want to thank you guys for joining us tonight. We'd love to hear from you about Firefly, Dark Angel, or, you know, any of the summer shows you might be watching. Also like to encourage you to join the Facebook group, and if you're already a member, spread the word. Emails to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or voicemails via the speak pipe tab, which you can access through the website. And we'll be back next week with Dark Angel Season 2, Episode 5, titled Boo. And I'm guessing that's going to be somewhat centric with original cindy maybe not yeah uh i would i would predict that yes it would be an oc joint yes but until then dave it was fine this time around but this is the last time the last time with cows